All right, the maniacal laugh and 80s metal can mean only one thing. It's time for episode four of ScareZone Halloween Horror Nights podcast. I'm Logan Seculo. Joining me today, Mr. Chris Ripley. Chris, how you doing right now? I'm doing all right. How you doing? I'm good. Scott Garland is not here because he's off fighting PETA. <laughs> Maybe he's protesting. If you, in case you guys haven't known, he has been in a social media media battle because he visited SeaWorld. That happens when you're a celebrity and you visit SeaWorld. You get interesting emails. So uh, he won't be on today's show. That's not the reason. Uh, he's not on today's show because he's traveling. Uh, like I said, he wrestles on the weekends typically. So he is about to head out of town. So he just couldn't make it today. But today we're going to do a little different. Uh, Chris, why don't you explain a little bit of what just recently happened? Uh, well, all the uh, veteran scare actors uh, all got their call-up papers, and um, the ones they wanted were all given jobs for this year. There you go. So that's it. So scare actors in general are all given their gigs if they are returning cast members, or returning that cast member, that's Disney words, uh, returning whatever scare actors. Team uh, they had Team member. They had to come, that's it. They had to come in and, I guess, sort of semi-re-audition to get their gigs. I guess you think, guys, this is the end of May. And they're already hiring these people out. Uh, it shows you how amazing this event has become, how big this event has become, because we are what still over a hundred days away from the first night of Halloween Horror Nights, and they're already starting to hire people. I know a lot of you guys have wanted to be characters, and that's why we today are going to have a special interview uh, with a character himself. I know we had on EJ in the Friday the 13th special, but this is more extensive about actually just working Halloween Horror Nights experience from the very beginning of the event to the end and how it all played out. It's really fun interviews with Mr. Ross McCoy. You may have heard of him from his, if you're local to Orlando area, from his time on A Mediocre Time with Tom and Dan, another podcast, good friend of ours, uh, or some of his other work. He's a stand-up locally in the Orlando area. I encourage you all to check him out. Uh, maybe not safe for the little ears, but... Uh, Good, good to check out. But we'll go to his interview here in just a second. But Chris, um, man, it feels like it's been a, it's been a while since we talked. You know, that's the problem with the, with the show only coming out every two weeks. It's like we uh, we lose touch, and then we have to get back together. It, it, it does seem like that, but I must admit, just because of all of the uh, photos on social media and all of the people posting their orange tickets that they got to to come back as returning cast. Uh, team members you got me doing it now <laughs> yep. um I'm, i've been getting nearly every day messages on social media from people asking me uh, how do i become uh, a scare actor so i have been posting the link as much as i can so i hope yeah we can put that in our show notes as well for everybody i'm sure just send it on we will do that all right let's go to our interview with veteran character mr ross mccoy <laughs> It's time to look behind the boo hole. This is Inside the Scare Actors Studio. Well, we've had a lot of people on this show so far, just in the first few episodes of this broadcast, people that made Halloween Horror Nights, people that created Halloween Horror Nights, people that wrote the Bill and Ted show. What we haven't had yet is someone that's actually lived it. It's like a lot of the people that are behind the scenes and very behind the scenes, the people that are sitting there on a computer writing or coming up with the creative ideas. But we haven't had anyone yet until this guest, who has been actually a part of of the experience, a part of the night, and a character, which is oddly a dream of a lot of us for some reason. It, it's probably it's probably more glorious and glamorous than it sounds. Uh, Ross McCoy is here, comedian, you know, from the Orlando area. Voted second best Twitter in Orlando twice. Uh, Saw that. Uh, yep, correct. <laughs> and obviously, if you're a you know Orlando area person, you may have heard him on a mediocre time with Tom and Dan or a corporate time with Tom and Dan. Uh, he's part of the show, does the news. And a huge part of that broadcast, Ross, 
Thank you so much for stepping outside of probably what your normal uh, you know, interview and uh, radio spots are. Oh, yeah. I'm not used to talking to people on the never, radio. Never. That's not <laughs> your thing at all. Well, you were, though, I mean, because you kind of had hinted at it before, and I'm a fan, obviously, of, of uh, Mediocre Time. You've hinted at the fact that you've worked at Halloween Horror Nights a few times. But for, for a lot of us, you know, we, we don't have that experience. For me, I've been going since I was 15, so I've been going okay. for 15 years, but I have not uh, never went behind the scenes other than I worked in Nickelodeon and so would occasionally see a, uh, you know, I'd see a, the director walking around. I'd see a, a couple disgruntled people with their masks half off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> even, know? even like a few years I would worked at universal rides attractions and I wasn't even part of the horror nights, uh, per se. It's fun to just see that stuff around. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. But character is it's where the rubber meets the road at horror nights. And it is the best job in the world for so many reasons for like, a thousand reasons. All right. So I guess, how did you get started? So you were working at Universal already, and did you then have to audition? This, no, actually, I came in as this character. I, um, I, there was a radio show in town at the time, and this guy called up and was like, hey, I don't know if you guys know this, but um, Orlando, Universal, they have this thing called Halloween Horror Nights, and they open casting calls for people to work at Halloween Horror Nights. And I was like, boy, that sounds like, I like scaring my friends and family. That's fun. Uh, imagine being paid to do it. And so I went down to, uh, this was 2006. Uh, it was HHN Suite 16, right? Very nice. Great year. And I went, I, I went to an open casting call, and I got cast in uh, Psychopath, The Return of Norman Bates. Oh, very nice. I remember that very, very vividly. I, my wife still gets mad at me for wearing my Sweet 16 shirt around when it's not Halloween time. And even when it's Halloween. It's one of the more popular ones. You see that one in the park a lot. Yeah, it's that like... Finger that's just hanging off for the for the one. It's a it's a good one. It's a good it was a good year. So you got cast, and yeah. you said you liked scaring people. But I guess then, what was your role inside that house? See, and this is another thing about like my path through horror nights. I don't know. It would have always been fun, but like some of the roles I had later were not as fun as this role. If I had not been cast in this role initially, I don't know that I ever would have went back. It was the most amazing, fun thing in the world. They built this little room. Where you you come in one door and you kind of walk in an L shape through the room out another door. There's like a little um, uh, barricaded off area that you can see into. The whole room, every square inch of it, is covered in these little foam blue and green eyeballs. That's okay? right. Yeah. And the um the thinking behind it, the um the placing of it in the psycho world was like this is a place in Norman Bates's mind where his mother is always staring at him. It's the eyes of his mother, and they're everywhere. And they're just like always watching what he does, right? And so my job was I'm in head to toe black spandex outfit, but um, sewn on about every square inch is one of those little eyeballs. Or I believe they were, I think at first they were Velcroed on so they could wash it. Yeah, I think they were Velcroed on. So I'm just covered in these little eyeballs. So anywhere in the room, I can stand and it's, it's of course, dark and strobe lights and all kinds of sound effects and stuff. And you would just come through a... Um, the uh the old uh you know the tunnel where you walk through and it makes you feel like you're like spinning turning thing yeah 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 that that thing was right before us so you're like good and rattled before you get into the (laughs) eyeball room and then suddenly like a dude made of eyeballs is literally you're looking at the wall you don't even see me and then a dude made of eyeballs is in your face like like that in a heartbeat right and uh and um one guy so one guy stood behind the barrier and he had like a little dummy that he would stand next to. So it was like him and a dummy and they'd be like, Oh, a couple of dummies. And then one of the dummies would come to life. 
And then I had three doors I could duck in and out, like a, along the broad side of the L that people were walking through. And I could like pop in and out at any point or just stand against the wall. Like nobody could see me. It was the best camouflage ever invented by humans ever. <laughs> nobody could see me. And then I could just like, I could literally take a step forward, whisper in somebody's ear. They look over, see a dude made of eyeballs and lose their minds, you know? Yeah. You talk about the fact they lose their mind and didn't expect you there. You know, this kind of jumps ahead probably for a lot of people probably interested. Did you have any interesting experiences? Were people typically pretty cool knowing they were in a haunted house or was there that level of unexpected? You're, you're jumping out of people in a spot that they really aren't anticipating, you know, where it's not like a traditional, oh, you know, around this corner, there's going to be a guy who's going to pop out at me, someone who's genuinely camouflaged. <laughs> any uh, interesting encounters? Yeah, I mean, um, one of my favorite memories in life, and hopefully if I'm ever dying, this is like one of the main ones that flashes through me, is like popping out of the door. Lady was not expecting me. Scared her so bad, she turned 180 degrees away from me and ran at full speed for three steps until she ran into the barricade that I described <laughs> earlier yeah. at, at waist height, but didn't stop running. Oh. She kept going and like flipped herself over the barricade, knocked over the dummy. I laughed so hard. So many moments like that. It was It was beautiful. One guy, like one guy, like did catch me. Like I came out the first door and I think it was his girlfriend. She was like a real good screamer. God almighty. Like she almost blew the room walls down with the screen. I was like, okay, I'll pop down to door three and hit her again. Yeah. because It's fun. And, uh, and when I say hit, I mean, if there was no physical contact, I just right. mean in the sense of like pop out and scare her, scare, yeah. which is what, which is what you guys paid the, the ticket price to come in and have right. it done to you, by the way. And this dude, like this dude must've like scoped it out or like he had a real good eye for design or something. He saw me coming from a mile away. And when I came out the door, his fist was like right there Ooh. in my face. And that I think that was the one time in all three of the years I was like, oh, yeah, nope, I'm having that guy ejected. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In, in general, people are, are hopefully understanding, like you said, you're paying to be scared. Hopefully, you know, people are. There's a weird spectrum. Most people are there with the understanding that they bought a ticket to be scared and they're there to have that happen and that everybody has fun. There's a weird spectrum of people who are there to prove how tough they are, yeah. which is it's not it's not a good place for that dude. This is all made up. None of it's real. Yeah. You're not you're not like proving yourself. And then there's like a guy that wants to punch somebody in a costume, and that's that guy's very rare. And uh, and and when it does happen, the Universal is amazing about the system they have in place to get that guy the hell out of the park, and then have him ejected for as long as possible. Yeah, that is uh, that is such an interesting thing because I've definitely walked through my share of houses, and I have to say, like my first few years, I was like the so scared kid that would be like, oh, I know this is coming. Point at a scare. <laughs> like, ha ha, there you are. Don't jump at me. Ha, ha. Uh, and, and now I walk through it and, and, I, and I really love it because I also work in uh, production and video and film. So I look at it from an art point of view and it's just amazing. Amazing these houses that are built. Now, I have never been, other than through the, some of those like backstage tours, really been on the other side of that. What is the kind of work environment, I guess, like? Is it fun? Everyone very serious? How, how is it? Is there a balance there? Because... You know, it's definitely you have a show to put on and it's not um, – I'm sure it's incredibly grueling. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean the good part is that um, – I don't know. It might have changed. I'm sure they do things uh, differently over years and it's been yeah. some time since I did the event. But uh, it was 15 minutes on, 15 minutes off. Oh. So, so like, you know, half your time is basically downtime. There's, of course, changeover and stuff too. So it doesn't like exactly work over to like half your time. You're just sitting on your butt reading a book or something. But like – a good percentage of the time, you're just like chilling. Maybe like, I think the last event I did, we had Twitter and stuff. So you could fool around on like the internet, but like a book or whatever. And uh, so it was pretty chill. And then everybody, I mean, first of all, everybody who made it through the casting process, they know they, you know, most of the most pro troublemakers were weeded out in that. And then the people are all there. They, you know, it doesn't pay a lot <laughs> and you don't like get 
you don't become famous through it. You're wearing a mask and all in every second of it. Nobody's going to recognize you from, you know, what, from being the eyeball guy and yeah. uh, psychopath ever. You say that, but, but here we are today. But here we go. Well, that, but way, that's way down the line. Uh, you know, I could put that. That's, that uh, didn't contribute. Yeah. No, I don't think I would have. Uh, I don't think this is how. I don't think if I knew it, no few other ways, you'd end up on, on uh, even interviewing in our small little podcast if I didn't know of you from other uh, things. For sure. But, uh, yeah, but it's super fun. And, and, yeah, it's, you know, for the most part, like, um, and some of the roles are physically grueling. Like, the last year I worked, I think that, uh, let me look it up, because I, I, popped up, I popped up Wikipedia here to make myself feel super old, looking at how long ago this was. I feel like it was, um, man, yeah. The last year I worked was, in, uh, the house was called Afterlife Death's Vengeance in, uh, in 2013. And that one was really, really hard. It was physically demanding in a way that was like that was hard to do. Like if it would have, if 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 the thing was a year long attraction, I would have quit. <laughs> there was a lot of like I only have, I only have to make it to a certain date and then I'm out. You know, <laughs> when you say it's it was grueling because I think that was one of the ones that was. Um... Maybe it was 3D or something like that. There was like those extra. Yeah, yeah was it, it was a 3D house. Yeah. Was there, when it's grueling, what does that mean? Because I, I think there's a lot of people, uh, you know, maybe some of the larger gentlemen like myself who are, who, who yeah. every year go, oh, you know what? I, I'm going to go audition and I'm going to just do it. Tell my wife and kids, side job for a bit. I'm going to go be a character. But it just doesn't right. seem like that's, I mean, it's feasible, but it's it's a bit more intense than it sounds. It is feasible. Like anybody could do it, but like, like I said, some of them are like, okay, so, uh, the, this role, um, the, it was a guy who like, it was like serial killer, killed a bunch of people executed. And I think the concept was like, you go through his execution and then you see him like getting it in the afterlife. Right. And so, um, I didn't even, I didn't even like put all the pieces together until the last day of the event. I was like, I was, I was the guy, I was the guy that was the, that was being killed and, and oh, tortured and stuff. You were the lead. And it was, well, sort of, sort of one like of my, my room was one of the, like one of the feature rooms. And then my head was the guy's head supposedly. But like the last day of the event, I was like, wait, well, hold on. Look, the facade, he has this huge scar on his face and like, <laughs> And like my hair is rad radically different. Like I should have got that haircut, and you guys should have put the makeup on me like that, right? And they're like, oh, I don't know, maybe, yeah, uh, could I? Too late, too late. But uh, anyway, but so anyway, like the guy. Um, so basically, I, I stood behind a mannequin with the head cut off, right? Yeah. And then in like hollow, it's like a little hollow shell. I could step in, arms, legs, and I stand. I stand behind all that, and then the mannequin's arms like are um tethered to the ceiling with these like uh, day glow wires that glow in the dark it was a 3d house like you said mm -hmm. and then so my job was like to stand behind the the mannequin shell um and my head appeared to be the guy's head and then there's like a little um i guess he did like a kind of oh god i'm watching twin peaks now i don't know if you've ever seen uh, sure. when they find when they find Laura Palmer, how she's all wrapped up in plastic like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, all, uh, so his victims were kind of like that. So it's all it's all ladies like in um white spandex with like plastic wrapped around. That's them. right. Yeah. And then one of these ladies would take a knife and and stab me and hit uh, an e prom, which if if you don't know what that is, it's like a little button that sends sets off a sound or and or light effect, right? Yeah. So she, so it's she a button you, you hit that. So you not you're not just like going by a track that's running in the background. You're cueing your effect. Correct. Like say you got a guy strangling somebody and they need a scream. You hit the button, it makes the scream for you, right? So this one, she would hit the button and then stab me, 
And then I would know from the sound cue or from like watching her motion out of the corner of my eye, the stat, she was, she was, or like she would hit me in the back with the tip of the knife or whatever it was, rubber knife. And then um, the dummy had a slit cut through it. So I would have to jam my hand through the slit with a knife. So it looked like she just like super stabbed right through right. me basically. Right. And then, and then right as that happened, if we timed it right, uh, a water cue, like a little spray nozzle right below where my arm was would go off, spray a mist of water and a red light would hit it. So it would look like if we timed it all right and they were looking and paying attention, it looked amazing. It looked like she stabbed right through my body, the hand and the knife fully pop out. And there's a huge spray of blood. And by the way, that's all in their faces. Yeah. So the hard part, the hard part was like crouching and like in the awkwardly bend thrusting my arm, you know, kind of dead in front of me from the side so then, and then working my hand through the slit actually there was one night we had to shut the house down because uh <laughs> i like i had done it so many times it rubbed like a little raw spot on my hand and then somebody was like hey is that fake blood or real blood oh, i like <laughs> i'd cut my hand and i was i bled all over the thing and they had so they had to like shut the house and bring like hazmat in and so that's why it was your last year no uh. no it wasn't actually <laughs> the- but but it was a case of like I could not do this for two months. I can do this for a month. I cannot do this for two months. <laughs> yeah, well, you say that. I mean, just to set up that effect mentally when people are screaming and running around you, did it ever kind of tick you off? Because I feel like it, it it does for me, and I'm not even part of it. When people are just running through with their eyes closed, are you ever just like, come on, look what? No, because look, look those people probably got dragged to the event. <laughs> you, what you really do, like, you try not to. Um, you know, it's real uh, zen of me. Try not to worry about the haters. You just do it for the people that were there to enjoy. It, you know. Sure. That's why I think like certain people, maybe even me, my first year, like, well, you're not here to have fun. Well, I'll scare you. Like and people go by and then wait for somebody who does want to have fun, scare them. That's kind of the attitude I developed. And I think it, I don't know. It helped me anyway. Yeah. I mean, I love the event every year. We actually, I, I kind of sent a, I posted out on the, on the internet, said, hey, if you have a question, if you ever wanted to ask a character yeah, yeah, a yeah. question, and I got a few from a, a Halloween Horror Nights Facebook page and this came in, this is just one of them. And, um, and this was just a, a kind of random question, kind of tied back to what you're saying. Cause you had talked about you didn't necessarily have the proper makeup or anything like that for those roles. But for the ones you did, uh, this is just an, an odd question, but I think it's funny. They said, since you were that character every night for over a month, did that ever break out of being your job and your role? Were you ever acting like a lunatic? <laughs> yeah, any, no. any comments from the wife and kids? <laughs> really? No. no. Did I ever like, no. walk around, hey, I'm Bible? No, you know what? Yeah, um, yeah maybe your roles. Uh, you know what? Uh, certain stuff like certain stuff does stick with you. Like for Afterlife, that house, there was a Johnny Cash song to play. Uh, sooner or later, down like yeah. in that song. Um, so it played at our right at the front of our house, and I think we could hear it in our room at certain points too. Is why it like super stuck in my or maybe like no when we were going in because a lot of like the backstage you could hear it really well. That song, dude. I I probably I listened to it. I don't know how many times on set and then just constantly offset too. <laughs> great song. It's, oh, it is yeah. a great song. Yeah, we'll have to uh, we'll get Johnny Cash on the program next to talk about. Oh, it. you should. We should. It's easy. That's what I've heard. We're in Nashville. We can do that. Uh, <laughs> now you do have kids, and did you have kids at this time? They're old enough to come to the event. Were they ever? Were they ever part of it? They ever see Daddy in action? No. When I were like uh, that was 2013 was the last year I worked, but I did get tickets for um for 25 in 2015. Yeah. And uh, I did, I took my middle son, the oldest, had the hit like, I'm too cool for it already. Or he had like something going on with his friends already. The little guy was like, um, he's afraid of the idea of it. Like he, you know, 
we go, we would go like to Universal and they'd leave stuff out and like, you know, the little boxes or whatever that somebody would jump out from behind in a scare zone. And he doesn't like that stuff. So I know he wasn't going, but me and the middle kid went and had just a great time. It was like the perfect horror nights experience. I think we did all but one house and we did like some of our favorite ones a few times. And he was like the perfect age where he was like a little bit scared, but he wasn't petrified or like, you know, you know, he knew it was all fake, but like enough of it was still real that it was fun. So it was, I think we had that year, we had just a great experience. Well, Universal does a good job at that, at playing with you. I mean, I've gone, ever since I've gone as a teenager, I know it's all fake. I know I'm not going to get hurt. I know all these things are not going to happen, but there's times, especially in those (laughs) jump moments where it gets you, you know, every year I at least get you know, I jump once at least, and I'm, I'm, I would consider myself fairly seasoned and going, and there's at least a couple times where they get me. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, me, I know like not to touch characters obviously, but like once or twice I find like my hand twitching or something like, Oh my God, you got me good. That, um, the 25 year house. Did you go through that thing? Actually, this is the saddest moment. As I do a Halloween Horror Nights podcast, people here know I had twin girls and they were we didn't know when they were coming but they were going to come by like the first week of november so i could not come to halloween horror nights 25 it's the only i've missed two years in 15 years and one was 25 you got to make up your mind what's more important halloween horror nights to your family dude and i know. Uh, chose wrong you chose I'm, poorly <laughs> yeah. I, i'm sure yeah. i'd be sitting here having this conversation with you if i had gone uh, <laughs> so, well i mean not to rub it in but uh, for me no, like I i've worked a few i've worked um three years and i've gone uh employee previews a couple few more like i haven't been i've not been to as many as you but that 25 year house like from from me as a fan and as a character and on every as a backstage like I've worked attractions on every level it was one of the best things I've ever seen any theme park let alone Universal put on it, like for in terms of like scares and startles and like something going on it, in a in a house like the enemy is um is timing and like and space like a lot something like sometimes you'll be in a house and you'll be like. Well, what was the scare in that hallway? Well, you know, there wasn't really a scare in that hallway. That was just kind of a hallway between one area and another. There's a little bit of a picture there or whatever. But in that 25-year house, there was not every three steps. I We went through a couple times, and I tried to count. I think every three steps was like – and not just like a guy in a lab coat, which I portrayed in a scare house one time. It, it was like the universal mummy personally came out and scared you. Like the old school Boris Carla Frankenstein <laughs> stomps forward and and then oh my god, Bride of you take two steps, Bride of Frankenstein is all up in your face. It was amazing. That was I I that house, I would have probably just gone through that house a hundred times if I if I'd uh, known initially how great it was going to be there has weirdly been like a petition to make that like a uh, at least a comeback like do it needs an encore i came out of that house saying they should make that a permanent attract twister come on okay you were bill (laughs) helen no i i have no issue with you guys but take out twister put that in as a permanent attraction yeah. Because it ties into Universal Horror and all the classic characters. That would be amazing. It, or right next to the um, horror makeup show. How perfect of a pairing would that be? You know, like take a take half of the Terminator's toys away and you can put in that uh, 25-year house, year-round attraction, and uh, and drive a little business over to the horror makeup show too, which is maybe like my second or third favorite thing at Universal. Amazing. It's great. And we know a lot of people that work on this, uh, work on Halloween Horror Nights every year listen. So if you're listening, take Ross's idea. Come on, Mike. Come on, team. <laughs> You know, you know what that's what we want. And for me, who missed uh, it because of, of you know, like I said, babies, 
uh, I need, I need it. I need, I need to be able to see this at least one time in my life. Now to be waiting for thirty, and hopefully at, at HHN thirty, we're done with kids, so no more distractions every year. I'm, uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you, uh, you do get to a point where you're done with kids. That happens. That's true. Yeah, we're we're done. <laughs> we're, we're, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. No, nope, you get nothing but deeper, buddy. I'm sorry, it gets nothing but more trouble. <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, yeah. My, my, uh, I'm, I'm thinking my three year old. Give him a couple years, and I can. <laughs> I can oh, no, no, please don't be that guy. Oh, Are no. there those if, guys? Are if there... you got a th- dude, I can't tell you how many times I've seen a baby at Halloween Horror oh Nights, and I'm like, come on. I mean, I know it says it's suggested 13, and I know like guy on our show is like, yeah, I take my 11 year old, and okay, that's I can see that. No, but, no, but yeah, that's probably my least favorite person at Halloween Horror Nights is the person who like wanted to come but could not find a babysitter or like I mean you had to pay 50 bucks to get the baby in there's not there has to you be somebody you could somebody. pay you could have paid somebody 50 bucks to watch your baby for a minute or even done. like even like I said I like my my little guy now is nine at that at that at that time when we had like that year I think he was like eight so we, he wasn't ready and I knew it and he knew it so we didn't go my other kid he's uh 12 about to be 13 he was ready he had fun so you, as a parent, you should know the line. Where you might have a kid that's six and is like super into that kind of stuff and like enjoys it, but you know most people don't. Yeah, wor- worry about that kid. I think is uh... <laughs> no, you can like I liked horror stuff when no, I was I a kid, dude. I grew up. My favorite. My I spent hours in the um video store. They wouldn't let you rent the horror movies, but you could look at the box and read oh, the yeah. back of the box a hundred times. So I can't tell you how many horror movies I read the back of the box of, but never saw. No, I can definitely say that. Every time when they announce a lot of these like specialty, like the IP houses, I'm like, oh, this is great. And it's like, oh, I've seen that. And then I like, think back in my mind, like, have I yeah. seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1974? Uh-huh. I don't think so. I just have all the images in my head. So I think. Did yeah. I see the movie where it's like a baby? It's like a horror baby in a wicker basket. Or did I just read that box a hundred times? Exactly. I can't remember. I think <laughs> I'm right there with you. Now, you, now for your, your job now, you are a professional comedian. Is there, was there anything you took? I mean, you know, you're working as comedian even when you were doing this but before even is there any sort of was there a natural correlation do you feel between the two where you were you know because in general it's entertainment it's why people are there you're, you're paying to have certain experience uh but was there any sort of crossover do you feel that it helped you in any way in your progression for for what you do um for sure i mean every performance in a way is an experience and, and builds i mean i would say in terms of like direct correlation between horror nights and comedy probably the idea that you can you can do the same thing over and over again for new people and like and you know it might become like stale to you or you're tired of it but you can like you like you know i got jokes that i don't like anymore but they work and so if uh if i need my host set i'm gonna drag out my host set and do my hosting set and uh and where i might have stuff i like better now but i know it's not gonna work at that point so like repeating a performance, whether or not you want to, but because that's what you need to do, that aspect definitely I, I took from that. That's, that's a great way to think about it. I honestly, I would have expected you have the element of surprise or something like that, but it's true. That idea that you have to repeat it. Hey, I, I'm a I'm a frequenter of our local comedy club, so I've seen the hosts and I've seen some of these guys doing the same, you know, 15 minutes for 10 years, <laughs> and it kills each time. Okay, it, it, but that's it, not necessarily a good thing either. <laughs> well, probably write a couple new jokes. Well, there's a reason it's been <laughs> a 10 years, and they're, you know, maybe the host for, you know. God, that, that 10 year uh, that 10 year hosting job, though, that's a good gig to have. It's a good one. Uh, yeah, the guy's still doing the joke about the highway that they fixed 10 years ago, but about how long it took the highway to get fixed. That's the guy I like. Uh, you know, he's been doing that for a long time. I saw a guy that not that long ago who was, like, real mad at Monica Lewinsky. I'm like... <laughs> 
Come on, man. That's kind of feels. You've written something since the mid-90s. Come on, dude. Pay, pay some bills, I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, for the people that are that are interested, because I think there there will be a group of people that not only just find the century, find you funny, and maybe some people that don't know of your work outside of Halloween Horror Nights, because we reach an audience of, I'm looking at our sort of listenership, there's a lot in Florida, but there's a lot that aren't. A lot of people that are fans that come from overseas, that come from all these oh, yeah. One of our hosts is, is, is British, uh, who yeah. wrote the book on Halloween Horror Nights. People from all over the world plan their years around Halloween Horror Nights. It's... Uh, it's one of the most fan intensive events and and uh it's an amazing thing. The people that come to the come to the park wanting to experience like a scare and have fun at a house, those are the best people in the world. And that, and that's why as a scare, that's why you do it, is to scare the crap out of those people. Well, Ross, I think, <laughs> I think you covered a lot. There was there were some other questions, but most of them you got to. So Clyde and Mel's and, and Layla. We pretty much asked this. You kind of already answered kind of your most memorable scare, I think. Uh, but did you do yeah, any, the did lady you have flipping lady? Yeah. over? And, the prosthetic and like, work? Did you have any prosthetic work? Did you enjoy that? Or were you pretty much uh, you pretty much scary just uh, other than your uh, you know the eyeball suit? Were you uh, pretty much scary? The yeah, eyeball you... suit and then uh, the one I didn't tell you guys about, I was in Thing Assimilation. That was like a lot of airbrushing stuff, which is like it's a grueling process to go through. I mean, I say grueling. I'm sure like, you know, the guy that played the Thing in the Fantastic Four movie would slap me. But, yeah, exactly. But it was, you know, it does. And and then it's fun. It's fun to have like the horror face on, and then uh, and then in the um, in the um, uh, the last house I was telling you about, uh, it, that would like the body thing was basically a big prosthetic that I kind of stood behind, and that uh, that was cool. But like I said, grueling. Bad, yeah. Well, then Ross, I didn't want to, you know. Well, I think we got a lot out of you, and I appreciate it. I appreciate you yeah, coming on and fun. talking about being a scare. It was a lot of fun. Horror nights is something I love doing. And, uh, and would you do it again? Absolutely. It's it, the thing about it is that I wouldn't want to do it unless I could go all in on it. Like I like the three events I worked, I worked every single night of the event, you know, and uh, usually the early shift. I just wouldn't do it unless I could go all in on it. And I can't really go all in. Well, I think that's excellent. I think that's, that's probably for a lot of us. It's a lot of our excuses for not being a part of the event, just enjoying it. As we can probably we can go one night, we can go two nights, but we can't go uh, audition one time, man. Just, for, just go I'll, audition. I'll, it's I'll fun. Just, yeah, I'll set it up just to just to have the experience. I'm sure yeah, what they want. Cast, I'm sure what they want like, is the guy. I'm not gonna work it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure what they want is the guy who hosts the Halloween Horror Nights podcast. They're looking for the super fan to be a part. <laughs> The show behind the scenes. I don't know. Like for just from me going through the experience, I think most of the time they're looking for the body type they're looking for and whether or not you can listen. I think a lot of times it's that simple. Yeah. Well, well, it depends on what houses they're going for, but I think I can True. pull I can pull yeah. off some body type. Uh I can maybe I can maybe be leatherface. <laughs> you gotta be so tall though. Like my oh, buddy EJ. My buddy EJ is Jason every time because he's huge. He's yeah. a monster. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm like six one. Not good. Not good. Uh, well, Ross, how can people if they want to get in touch with you, find out about your comedy because you're doing shows, you're doing the Tumbleweed Comedy uh, Tour all the time. How can people follow you and keep updated? Because like I said, a lot of these people are coming to Orlando and looking for you know sometimes alternate things to do than just go into the parks. Okay, cool. Yeah, if uh, you got Twitter, check me out. I'm at L Ross E L R O S S. Uh, Instagram is L. Ross Graham, and then on uh, Facebook, you can find me, Ross McCoy. All right, again, thanks to Ross. You can follow him on Twitter, as he said, at L. Ross, E L R O S S, and find him wherever he is performing, whether that's he does weekly gigs, stand up gigs. Like I said, he's also on those podcasts, a Mediocre Time with Tom and Dan or on a corporate time with Tom and Dan as well, a radio show in the Orlando area. Well, 
again, Scott's not here, so it feels like there's a big void left between us, Chris. There's, <laughs> there's, uh, you know, I can probably count on one hand how many pictures there are of me on the internet shirtless. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I had actually planned that out. If, if, if a funny uh, little side story for those with Scott, um, we're doing this big event in September for the Disney podcast I'm on, but look, we'd love to have you out called De Las Puertas. Uh, it's a big music, uh, and we call it the Magic Media and Music Festival. Lots of bands are playing, but Scott's going to be there. I'm obviously going to be there. Um, it was fun is that I had to put up a picture of Scott uh, and, and to find one that he was, he, he's in these appearance. He's next to my buddy, Bart, who he's, he's, he looks similar to me. He's, he's, a, he's a, maybe he wouldn't be okay to say he's not, not the, the littlest fella. Uh, and then uh, right next to him is, you know, and you're ripped, shirtless, Scotty too hottie. So I was like, I had to find a picture. I was like, maybe I'll just be nice. Let's find a shirt on picture. Uh, <laughs> but um, that's why that's why we haven't seen your picture yet, Chris, is because you're just waiting to get those wrestling uh, headshots it, it, it done. It is the wrestling headshots, yeah. yeah. I'm waiting for WWE to come out and um, you know get my uh, um, abs on camera. <laughs> well, that, that's what it'll be next time. So hopefully we can do that. Any uh, Anything else going on this week in the world of Halloween Horror Night? It's been well, pretty quiet since uh, I announced it. Yeah. I mean, you'd think Mike would say, come on, there's going to be an announcement. But what's going on? It's been so quiet. Yeah, it seems like we got those first two houses like back to back. And now it's just you know, the calm before the storm, I guess. So we're, we're waiting to see what exactly happens. Who knows what's going on behind the scenes? Well, you know what? Their, their schedule is we release our show the next day. Yeah, you'll see. Tomorrow there will be an announcement. <laughs> There'll be an announcement tomorrow. We yeah. guarantee. Yeah, exactly. So uh, if that happens, we apologize in advance. Not our fault. We're not privy to any more information than you are necessarily. I mean, we got some ears. We got some ears to the ground, always checking, but they, they keep pretty tight over there. Uh, but so for now, we just have those two houses announced. Obviously, The Exorcist and Texas Chainsaw. And who knows what's coming next? The random side story, universal side story, I... Uh, briefly met steven spielberg last week what which is insane uh i know julie was talking about that i went to see um and, and i didn't have the time to bring up whether he was involved or any houses coming up we did talk jaws for about five seconds uh wait, wait, so wait, one hangout with steven spielberg uh, here's where uh i went to go see the musical hamilton which i don't know if you know it's a huge gigantic hit um, uh, on broadway right now that's yeah. celebrities going crazy my wife a few months ago got us tickets for our anniversary and we went up. It was an amazing show. And Steven Spielberg was there in the audience. And I, and I was wearing – I have Jaws uh, shoes <laughs> that are that I'm oh, wearing right now. Him. So I just said, okay, what are the odds that I'll be wearing my Jaws shoes? <laughs> and so I beelined it for him. And I'm like, I may come off like a crazy person, but what are the odds? And I just went up to him and I was like, Mr. Spielberg, I would never do this. I would never just approach you. But I'm wearing Jaws shoes and I felt like – this is my only chance. And he laughed. He was like, I love those shoes. He got his wife to look at the shoes. He'd seen the Hamilton show three times. I I, I predict there's something going on that maybe him and uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda's maybe, maybe, maybe they're working on something. He said he'd seen the show multiple times. So I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious to see what comes of that. Uh, who knows? Maybe there's a movie, maybe the Hamilton movie. Maybe he's involved in the Mary Poppins movie. Well, we'll see. But I did get at least a Jaws moment in, but sadly I didn't get any, uh, you know, universal, uh, uh, plugs in. It was a very short uh, shake a hand, move on type thing. But hey, it did happen. And that's uh, a bit of, uh, I don't have any pictures, but uh, it's a bit of a uh, fun trivia now to have. I, I tell you who is well connected is is our Walt Disney, Julie Zimmerman. Yes. I was on the phone to her yesterday. She's helping me with the new edition of the book. And she dropped in the conversation that she went to the same 
uh, I don't know if it was comedic troupe or the same comedy band or something as Robin Williams when he started out. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, if you guys haven't heard, I mean, it's not surprising because if you go listen to that interview with Julie, uh, she talks about working with Steven Spielberg, working with all these people. Uh, such an amazing life. And you're right. I mean, I think you've been saying that she kind of is. She's she's Halloween Horror Nights as Walt. So if you haven't listened to that, and look, I can tell you, I've looked at the downloads. More people have listened to the episode following that than that first one. I encourage you to go back and listen to that uh, uh, conversation with Julie. She's been nothing but supportive with us, and we hope to you know work with her again in the future. And and like uh, like Chris said, not a whole lot coming out of the Halloween Horror Nights camp right now, but we're going to continue. The next interview we have is with John Paul Gertz. We'll talk about that. He was in one of the other guys who I think you kind of coined. Chris was also kind of considered one of the co-creators. Yeah, of the I've, event. I've interviewed him quite a number of times. He, he's a really nice guy, and he he's got such a good memory for stuff that happened, you know, twenty plus years ago. So absolutely, a very busy man now. He's working for Nickelodeon, a VP at Nickelodeon. But we get into that in the next uh, next interview that we're going to put out, and that should be coming up in. A couple weeks and we're gonna try to release this thing like i said twice a month usually you know somewhere between somewhere around the 13th and the 31st something like that we'll see what happens uh as the uh as the months roll on obviously if news breaks we're gonna cover it and uh chris anything else how's the book coming uh it's the publisher has everything now so i'm just waiting for him to do all the editing and topping and tailing and he's done the cover and he reckons it will be in stores by june so june's only you know days away Right, right. Time people hear this, it may be June. It so, may be June, yeah. Uh, I can't wait to uh, read it. Obviously, the 2015 edition is still available, but we'll update a link on our website as soon as that new edition is available up on scarezone.com. Make sure to go over there. You can visit a bunch of links. You can visit Scott's eBay store, um, which is really cool. It has a lot of theme park memorabilia that he finds around town. He's almost like a, he's like a, um, what do you call that? The, uh, hey, we got Will here in the studio. He's like, what? Yeah, he's like an American picker of uh, of <laughs> of Disney and Universal it, Park stuff, we, we and would, he finds we, it resells. We would call him the um, the Vegas guy, you know. Um, oh, uh, like a Pawn Stars. Yeah, uh, that's the one. <laughs> uh, yeah, something like that. Uh, he he's the Chumley of the. Uh, <laughs> no, no, can't say that anymore. Will's the same. No, he's the. What's the other guy's name? It doesn't matter. You know what I'm talking about. All right, guys. Before we go way too off track, that's going to do it for Scare Zone for this week. Remember, keep your eyes closed and your ears open. We'll talk to you on the next show. This has been a production of Lawful Browns Studios. Copyright 2016.